Um, you know, the, the danger in all that too is like there's, there, there's a potential for more fatigue as well. I mean, I think what we've seen and now we get a lot of feedback on, you may have experienced this yourself, is that now that I'm working from home and my calendar really has a much bigger impact on my day than before, and you, you realize like, oh, I need to go get a glass of water. I need to get up and stretch. I need to do this or that. And so addressing the needs of people who are, you know, always connected, always working and, 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 and not and, and make it more than just the, the drudgery of the next meeting. Right. I'm Jack Newton, CEO of Clio, and this is the Daily Matters podcast. On Daily Matters, we talk with legal professionals, industry leaders, and subject matter experts about the future of law. We explore where the legal industry is headed, how legal practice is changing, and what you can be doing to position yourself for success. Today's guest is Stephen Abrahams, who works on Partnerships for Microsoft Teams, a communication and collaboration platform which integrates with Microsoft Office 365. Stephen, thanks for being here, and I'm excited for our conversation today. Hey Jack, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, it's been great working with your team and uh, getting to know Clio a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm so excited to, to talk about what we built uh, together uh, in a few moments. But first, uh, I'd love to hear from you. What, what is on your mind most right now? Oh gosh, um, well, you know, it is a really trying time for everybody. I guess, I, you know, being a product manager, I would boil it down to two things. Um, you know, in my everyday life, uh, like most people, I'm thinking a lot about how, you know, my actions are directly or indirectly impacting um, society mm -hmm. uh, um, and how, you know, we can make a difference right now. Um, spending a lot of time with my children, obviously. Um, I'm amazed uh, at their kind of um, ability to grasp what's going on really today. I think they are a lot more aware of the contradictions and the, and the um, things that are impacting um, the world right now than I was at their age. Uh, I think they understand a lot of the concepts um, around equity better than I, than, than many adults, frankly. Um, so yep. um, I, I've, I've been impressed by that. I would say in my job, I spent a lot of time thinking about just the future of how people will work, um, how they're, how they're living right now and working all in the same place. Um, and, you know, I, I'm trying to see how, how we emerge from this. I think in the past, um, you know, uh, the forces of, of, you know, design and innovation have created new opportunities out of crises. Um, so I'm excited to see how um, our partners are, are thinking about that too as we move forward. So, Stephen, tell us a little bit more about your role at, at Microsoft. You mentioned you're a product manager by by trade. You, you head up partnerships for Microsoft Teams as well. To tell us about the the role you play on a day to day basis at Microsoft. Yeah, I um, I'm chartered with um, taking care of our partners that are in. Uh, regulated industries, so healthcare and legal and government financial services. Um, but I also spent a lot of time with our education partners. Uh, education is a big segment for Office 365, for Teams. Um, and uh, so I get to work with software developers and uh, independent software vendors that uh, want to um, work their software into our platform or want to leverage our APIs in, in their platform. Um, so it's, it's really, a, it's really a great job. I've, I've uh, held many roles at Microsoft. I've been here 15 years. I've worked on every um, communications platform app that Microsoft has shipped going back to like MSN messenger, even uh, Skype uh, now teams for the last two years. Uh, it's been uh, exciting uh, to be on teams, um, you know, and we've seen, you know, of course, a lot of growth during the COVID period. Um, and my focus has been really during that time on making sure that our healthcare partners, that our ED partners, that our legal partners that want to leverage teams as a platform for virtual consults, virtual classroom, uh, telemedicine, 
that they're enabled to do so. So Stephen, I, I'd love it if you could, for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with Microsoft Teams, and I, I think it's a product that uh, the legal industry especially is still learning about in terms of what its capabilities are, even the fact that it exists overall. Can you give us the elevator pitch for what Microsoft Teams is and, and why you might want to consider adopting it at your, your law firm? Uh, great question. Yeah, I mean, Teams really has many aspects to it, uh, but the ones that people hire Teams for are uh, secure chat, um, modern meetings, calling, um, the workflows that uh, enable both um, them to use Office 365 apps like Word and Excel, um, and now the apps of our partners too. Um, I like to think about Teams as a very connected, modern workspace. So it comes as part of Office. Um, it's, of course, software for organizations of different types. So we have you know, all sorts of segments using, like I said, from education, healthcare, um, doctors, uh, and, you know, first line workers, uh, people who are managing sales organizations, marketing firms, ad agencies. Uh, it's really about creating open lines of communications using chat and channel conversations. Um, so over half a million organizations are using it pretty much every day as their kind of their their hub for collaboration, uh, for having meetings um, and sharing, communicating, getting their work done. So, um, you know, you can break out into meetings and you can use channels to come together over common goals, make decisions. Um, we, we really have seen that, you know, companies use Teams as a way of creating that culture of collaboration, uh, information dissemination, transparency, uh, within the within the enterprise, certainly. And what's the answer to the question of, you might hear from folks that say, well, that sounds like what email does for my organization. Why, why would they think about something like Microsoft Teams, either as something that runs adjacent to, or maybe that they even consider as a, a pseudo replacement for, uh, for email? Yeah, I mean, you, uh, we didn't invent Teams to replace email. I think it augments email, in fact, more and more uh, we are doing um, things to make it easier to, to bring email conversations and essentially the, the two line of the email into a, into a, um, a channel and team. So um, I think there's, there's room for both. There's room for you know, um, a, an app where I know I can go and find all the files, documents and, and, and people and that's really what Teams is about is that it's kind of that, um, it's that network, it's that professional network of everybody you need to get your job done. Um, and, you know, we, we see people starting to use that really to um, connect not just their internal network, but also their external network. So in the past where you might have quickly sent off an email to somebody outside your network, if you have a question for them, you can actually invite them into Teams as a guest and get you know, a quick, uh, quick feedback, quick um, uh, decision made. And so I think it is somewhat about like, how do you move your business a little bit faster? How do you achieve things more efficiently? And how do you create sort of that single hub for collaboration? And you've touched on this already with your reference to, to email and being able to pull a uh, an email subject line and start a new channel or discussion about that email in particular. Can, can you talk about how Teams integrates with other parts of Office 365? And again, uh, it, it might be useful just to level set on what is Microsoft Office 365 for those of that might just be used to the old on-premise versions of, of Microsoft Office. What is 365 and how does Teams integrate in with the rest of that, that suite? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think most of us started out using Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know, through installed apps on the desktop and, you know, maybe you would buy Office. Um, today, uh, what we see the vast majority of people doing is, yes, you're using those desktop apps, but you really are connected into a whole cloud service of apps and services from Microsoft. Um, that does also include Word, Excel, PowerPoint, but also a broad range of services around document management, around um, looking at the 
um, kind of the graph of, of information, calendars, Outlook, email, exchange, content. Um, and so that's really what Office 365 does. It, mm-hmm. it, it provides kind of a, a base level amount of enterprise security, compliance, files, documents, that graph of people I was mentioning. It allows you to create groups and organize content around those groups. Um, and so with Teams, what we've done is sort of exploit all that connectivity in a single hub. So Teams has native integrations with all of the, uh, many of the Office apps. So you can share and work on a Word document without leaving Teams. Um, I can see who else is editing it. Um, I can quickly comment or uh, create a, a chat or a conversation around a file that we're working on together in Teams. And it just is a, a lot seamless from the standpoint of moving in and out of documents. I don't have to think about where things are saved. Um, everything just kind of um, gravitates and snaps to that channel that I'm working on it. Um, when you create that team, in, uh, team, it also creates an Office 365 group, a SharePoint site, a document library uh, where you can share files. Um, you have a shared mailbox even, a, an Outlook email address that you can use. Um, and a calendar for the team. So there's kind of a whole set of, of uh, features that come with a team. Um, even you can use a, like a OneNote notebook for that team. And then those are then accessible to everyone on the team. So your reference point from that point onward is, I just need to add this person to the team and then they gain access to all of these services and tools. So this idea of essentially helping teams work better uh, seems maybe not surprisingly central to what Microsoft Teams is trying to do. And I, I'd love to talk about two things that are, are interrelated maybe. One, how you see this applying to lawyers and law firms in general. Where are you seeing adoption of teams uh, in general? And then when we cast it against the, the backdrop of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the, the way that almost every organization has been forced into a, a mode of working in a highly distributed way. How does, how does teams help enable that work? And, and maybe what kind of spike in demand and adoption have you seen as a result of, of COVID-19? So let's tackle the first part of that question uh, and, sure. and talk about teams in a legal context to, to start. We'd love to explore your perspective on, on how law firms in particular can benefit from Microsoft Teams and what kind of use cases you've seen embraced by law firms to this point? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I think fundamentally lawyers need to be able to communicate and collaborate well within the boundaries of the firm itself. But mm-hmm. kind of the success of the practice ultimately depends on their ability to seamlessly move between you know, secure communication spaces to bring in clients, outside attorneys, paralegal, other resources that will help them get their job done. Um, So, you know, I think how, you know, we've been thinking about with teams is it becomes that collaboration powerhouse for the law firm. It really excels at being the hub for those types of organizational activities. You know, um, we know that you know, uh, attorneys need to move faster. Um, we know that just forms of communications like email um, sometimes uh, have, uh, you know, an asynchronous nature to it. It takes longer to get things done. Um, you know, we also know that um, attorneys are moving in and out of many different apps and that like every time that you have to, you know, um, enter identity or authenticate, uh, toggle between services, um, you know, you, if you can simplify that, if you can uh, normalize a lot of those views, uh, you can remove a lot of the management of the files and, and, and again, provide quick access to um, the set of people that are necessary to get the work done. You're giving everybody time back in their day um, and everybody wants that because it makes them better at their job. So if I don't yeah. have to focus on creating a document workspace, it is just there for me. Um, I can just focus on the content and really put my attention on my clients. I think that's, that's um, where um, we'll see a lot of benefit early on from law firms that are using Teams. 
It sounds like so much of what you're, you're trying to do is eliminate that, that context switching and that cognitive burden that, that comes along with switching platforms and thinking about where did I store that file and so on. It, you just got one integrated workplace for thinking about where your, where your work is. That's it exactly. And, I, and you know, I mean, I, I think as we move more and more towards a paperless um, digital world for all sorts of uh, contractual obligations, all sorts of things like depositions and evidentiary gathering, um, more and more you'll see um, uh, the, 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 the types of uh, businesses that have specialized there um, leveraging Teams infrastructure, leveraging Microsoft's um, network to build out and round out the edges of this, these collaboration spaces, essentially add in the services that, that attorneys will need. Um, you know, we've seen, you mentioned COVID earlier, and, and I want to come back to that. Um, you know, our own law department at Microsoft, of course, extensively uses Teams. Um, and they're using it to organize all sorts of different legal functions, contract reviews, legal matters. Uh, they organize discussions around data privacy. Um, what are some of the other things? Employment law, intellectual property. They're really using, maxing out teams and channels in teams to have these discussions, to pin content, to add in the apps they need in each space. Um, they're using teams to bring in business partners uh, really, that helps promote a better flow of information to share knowledge, um, legal training. Uh, what are some of the other uh, scenarios? They, you know, I think it's really about giving people access, quick access to information that otherwise they would have maybe attached an email and sent over. And then, you know, whether or not you're looking at the most recent recent version of that or an up to date version of that was always in question. Um, so, you know, we know law. We know, of course, our own law firms, but other law firms were already using Teams when COVID hit. Um, and, you know, consequently, it made it very simple for them to move to remote work. I mean, the fact that they were now leveraging the same set of services from their couch instead of from their desk at work really didn't matter from the standpoint of the accessibility to the content, the availability of the, the network, um, and I think they were able to maintain a really high service level with their clients because um, it does give you the ability to work from anywhere. Um, and, um, you know, if you had your laptop, you were ready to go. Um, in terms of the new adoption we saw during this period yeah. like coming on, um, yeah, I mean, really across the board, and this is, this is a credit to folks like yourselves and the customers that you serve is that, you know, you started to see how potentially um, uh, teams and, you know, meetings and, and uh, the notion of, um, of uh, you know, these, these, these workspaces could really um, help um, our, our customers move to the cloud a lot faster. Um, and I've heard many stories of firms that, you know, um, will use teams initially drive up sort of just efficient collaboration between the attorneys, right? And associates while still kind of maintaining email with external clients. I think um, when we, when everybody moved to the cloud, everybody discovered the notion of the guest, right? And all of a sudden they were creating teams with guests in them and like, like, wow, here's, you know, like this is the new, this is the new pattern. This is the new way of working. Um, and, you know, they could have done that before, but there was something about that moment about like when we were all working remotely, where it was kind of like, let's create a new space for us. Let's create um, a culture where we have a higher level of connection between us, where we're able to more seamlessly share stuff um, and get more stuff done in a shorter period of time. So I, 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 I you know, like we have seen um, a lot more adoption of, teams of Azure of a lot of our services since COVID began. And I think it's because people took this opportunity to look at how they were doing things and said, this can be done more efficiently. This can be done in a more transparent, open way. And let's create a culture so that, 
you know, all of the people in my company can do, can work this way. And uh, clearly we've talked about this concept in, in legal, especially, but I think it applies to so many businesses, this idea that there's been an evacuation to the cloud that, that many, many law firms, many businesses maybe weren't uh, using the cloud to its full extent. And, and even if they were leveraging cloud services, we're not operating in this highly distributed work from home world that we're, we're in. So, you know, we've, we've seen at, at Clio uh, an explosion in, in adoption over the last two or three months. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear, are, are there any concrete stats you're able to share just in terms of the, the volume that, that Microsoft Teams has, has seen increase over the course of the, the COVID crisis? Oh, in a period of months, um, we saw a, two very interesting stats um, that I can talk about. One is just um, the, the number of uh, daily unique participants in meetings exploded. Um, and uh, we didn't previously release stats on that, but this was a number that went up to 200 million in a day. Wow. Uh, and so if you can imagine the amount of load on the services and, you know, it's very exciting as a product manager to see that much growth. But, you know, if you're in operations, that's like your worst nightmare. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, you're you're uh, popping champagne and they're, right. uh, they're right. panicking about the load your servers are, are being placed under. Now, those are participants in meetings. So they're not all like regular everyday users. Right. Um, but, you know, it gives you a sense of just kind of the importance of the meeting and the, 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 the flight to, Teams is a as a place where we can do all sorts of types of real time activities together. Um, I think the other one that was really interesting from our standpoint was um, the the number of um, uh, daily active users. So these are the real like everyday Teams type. We depend on this for getting work done type. Um, that went from uh, in. February, we announced 44 million daily active users to 75 million um, at the end of April. Wow. And um, so that's a big jump for any business to experience. Um, and, and that really, now you're not talking about just meetings, you're really talking about everything plus meetings. You're talking about collaboration, you're talking about document sharing, you're talking about teams and channels and, and people really digging in on the core things that the product does. And so that was, that was very internally, very exciting for us. Definitely the, the um, segments of users, um, uh, I, would, I would say remained about the same proportion, but we saw some of them really take off. Obviously in healthcare and education, um, we saw a lot of uh, just immediate demand in those areas. Doctors were using Teams to have, you know, um, do triage of, of COVID patients without having to take off a PPE. Uh, of course, we saw teachers um, using Teams now to set up their virtual classroom every day. And so, you know, we saw a lot of that, those, those ratios that, that we look for around kind of the viral quotient of how many users to teams, how many teams to organizations change quite a bit during that period as well. So um, really exciting. Uh, definitely, you know, like I don't think anybody would have uh, wanted that to happen over such a short period of time, but it's nice to see that the technology really does scale. Um, and I, I think that's a credit to the people who built it and, and um, that it's, it's able to scale to, you know, overnight, you know, an entire university in Bologna, Italy came online, 80,000, you know, new, new students, you know, the next wow. day are all firing up teams and, and using it to, to communicate with each other. So, yeah, there's some exciting stories there. Yeah, I think it's a, a silver lining of the, the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, if we can frame it that way, of so much technological change, maybe a, a decade or more of adoption really being accelerated into two or three months of time, which, which uh, if you can take the load you know, from a technological perspective, it's uh, un unbelievably exciting to, to see that, that level of acceleration. And we, we get to live in a future that uh, might've taken years or, or a decade or more to, uh, to have arrived otherwise. Um, 
one of the, I'm, I'm curious, you know, while we're still talking about adoption and, and some of the core workflows that Microsoft Teams facilitates, um, can you tell us some of the things you hear from customers on, on a firsthand basis, either uh, customers in general, or, or maybe if you've heard feedback from, from law firms, just about the types of ways that it's changed how they work or that they think about the way that we work even in a, in a distributed way? Yeah, I would say there's a couple things that uh, I hear frequently. One is, um, you know, um, attorneys particularly, everybody to some degree, but attorneys particularly, I think, have a lot of interest in, and concern over data privacy on um, data security, um, whether yeah. who has access to um, uh, uh content and conversations. And um, so one of the, you know, frequent things that we hear uh, when organizations start using Teams um, is that since we enforce this team-wide and organizational-wide two-factor auth, we have single sign-on through Active Directory, there's encryption of conversations in transit, you know, or when they're at rest, um, that it's kind of this load off their mind. They're now like, I can feel like, you know, I can trust my, my, my conversations, uh, the, 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 the files, the documentation, the thing that my client just said uh, is secure. And um, I, think a lo I think there is, uh, you know, an expectation there with Microsoft and with Office 365 that you're getting this enterprise grade cloud solution that's you're getting advanced security you're getting compliance you're getting all these capabilities that law firms and and in-house legal groups expect and you know i think um you know it just kind of builds on from there i mean we have um asks they you know they're they're interested in other things around information boundaries uh conditional access to services um, so I, I, it's really interesting working with attorneys because I think they're some of the lead users of teams in some extent, they're pushing us the harder, hardest to, you know, come up with different, um, compliance services, you know, in many cases, organizations, uh, need to be able to protect themselves from lawsuits stemming from, it may be, um, a, uh, an employee taking retribution or um, uh, um, gender discrimination or hate speech being used. And so Teams is starting to provide more of these APIs for um, compliance services, for data loss protection, to make sure that there's the auditing and reporting um, that, that um, is available. Um, if somebody's under a retention policy, we have a compliance recording bots that can um, uh, um, capture all the conversation can um, keep um, everybody um, aware of the conversations that are going on in many different types of um, contexts. So, um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think the, the um, both in legal and in healthcare, we get some of our um, uh, most fervent and, and lead users driving the feature set, our backlog, if you will, for what right. we do. As I'm sure you do, uh, you know, like we have an advisory panel of, of, of customers who are on the ground that are yep. helping us prioritize, that are helping us think through what are the things that are going to move their businesses forward, what are the most critical. Um, and that's, that's one of the great things I get to do is spend a lot of time with these customers and, and hear about their, you know, kind of what, what their next year looks like and where they think um, office and teams can, can help the most. Stephen, one, one item you touched on, I, I think that is super interesting is, is the fact you work with these regulated industries that have traditionally been maybe a bit more resistant to, to change. And, and we've seen the forcing factor of COVID-19 really force so many of these organizations into a, a brand new world where they're doing remote work, they're operating and collaborating with each other internally and clients 
externally in a brand new way. I, I'm curious what struggles you've seen some of the, your customers experience on that front and, and conversely what successes you've seen and maybe what, what patterns or, or best or next practices might extract from the on the ground lessons that you're seeing your customers learn about this, this new way of working and, and what teams might facilitate in terms of being able to get over some of the, the challenges of this distributed way of working. Yeah. Um, great question. I think, you know, uh, I don't think any of us were adequately mentally prepared for that sudden transition to remote work. Uh, but you certainly saw certain industries flex faster than others. Mm -hmm. um, and for them, I think it was more of a blip than a rethink of how they're going to do business. Um, for the ones that came on that were new, that were kind of discovering for this for the first time, um, for instance, in healthcare, you saw, you know, there was telemedicine going on, but not every doctor was doing telemedicine. When COVID hit, every doctor woke up the next morning and said, I'm doing telemedicine. Right. They had to do a lot of this thinking for the very first time. And, you know, uh, I think um, when you use a tool that's naturally about organizing people and conversations together and um, people can kind of take that first step and the first step is always the hardest of course but you know we see the you know um, the learning ramp be like in two weeks you're, you've been using teams and and you're not going back to whatever the thing was that you were doing before um, and in four weeks, we see people starting to use more apps and, and, and being comfortable in, the, in you know, kind of uh, inviting people into conversations, creating channels around specific things they want to do. So um, it really builds on itself. And like I said, it creates that uh, culture of transparency, of openness uh, within the team. And people realize that, you know, now I can search through lots of conversations that are going on even out of my direct purview and have access to an incredible amount of information and, and resources from that. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, with all these different um, uh, segments, you know, hospitals will be deploying teams to EMTs, to ER doctors who are working on front lines of medical care. Uh, we've seen a lot of growth there. We've seen growth, you know, with, um, you know, uh, um, in financial services, you have traders working at home, trading from home. Uh, and so there, there needs to be a lot of content services and research and, and, um, uh, um, you know, call types happens and everybody is on the same page and goes off and everybody's pretty much, communicating asynchronously, coming back together for meetings throughout the day. And so Teams does create that gravitational force for everybody. And you can see dozens of other people. So you really have the notion of, of when people are online. Um, you know, the, the danger in all that too is like there's, there, there's a potential for more fatigue as well. I mean, I think what we've seen, and now we get a lot of feedback on, you may have experienced this yourself, is that now that I'm working from home, and my calendar really has a much bigger impact on my day than before. Um, and I'm, I'm just much more accessible. And so my day kind of like starts to stack up with, with these meetings. And, I, and you, you realize like, oh, I need to go get a glass of water. I need to get up and stretch. I need to do this or that. And so, you know, a lot of our partners are thinking about how do they start to even think that kind of like um, – I want to call it work life. I would call it sort of micro breaks and sort of like addressing the needs of people who are, you know, always connected, always working and, 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 and not, and, and make it more than just the, the drudgery of the next meeting. Right. And so I think teams allows you to kind of like have those channels to, to, you know, have the water cooler channel, have the, you know, the, the place where you can go and kind of talk about the sports scores if you want, you know, if you're right. You're, your company, um, or if you want to, you know, um, meet up for 15 minutes and have kind of a, you know, like a, a team team lunch, um, you know, side channel where you're not talking about work, kind of allows you to transition more naturally between those those modes. And I think people really appreciate that. Um, 
One, one topic I'd love to uh, segue into, Stephen, is, is talking about the, uh, something you've touched on lightly over the course of our conversation, but you've talked about the concept of integrations and how that, that provides a lot of value to Microsoft Teams customers. I, I'd love for you to talk about integrations in general, what that means and how that, that translates into making Teams as a, a platform more valuable. Um, and in particular, uh, I'm excited to hear uh, more about the Clio integration. So uh, our, our company has announced a really exciting integration uh, between Microsoft Teams and, and Clio. And we've seen uh, an enormous initial response from our, our customers and some great feedback on uh, what they'd like to see next from this, this integration as well. So uh, we'd love to start just hearing, you know, what, what are integrations and how do they work with Teams? And let's talk about the, the Clio integration in particular and what that means for your law firm customers. Yeah, I mean, um, when we talk about um, integrations, particularly with, um, with teams as such as yourselves, um, it's really about how we can um, marry two products, two services together and produce something that's new. What we don't want to do is just, you know, kind of, regurgitate the same offering just on another platform. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do is like look for um, gaps in the, in the existing offering, opportunities to innovate, opportunities to drive up productivity. Um, certainly we were really excited to work with you guys. I mean, I think the, the, um, the leadership and just sort of the, 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 the view that you have into um, the life and day of the, the small law firm and the, the attorney um, gives us pretty much the ideal partner to work with. I mean, this is an industry where clearly we can see significant upside for collaboration tools to drive down the costs of providing services and to drive up, you know, the, and thus the client satisfaction. But, you know, um, where, where it was really exciting to see was how, at some level, we were able to map these constructs that are in Clio today into the same um, and you know constructs and teams. And so, right. if you think about the notion of a group of attorneys, they they will have maybe some paralegals. They'll have a client, you know. And so, you have this notion of the group, and then you can start to mirror some of these things that are in Clio over into Teams. You can pull through legal matters. You can you know really see how um, you know, many of the, much of the taxonomy, much of the, the types of communications and absolutely, of course, the documentation and all the, you know, the, 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 um, the, the workspace that's needed um, can, can now have um, a shared experience and you get the best of, you know, the, the, the Clio services plus teams for communications and collaboration. Um, and I, I think it's a it's a one plus one equals three type thing, or maybe four or five. I don't know. But it, it to me, um, it, the the combination of the two products together is is sort of what we're shooting for when we talk about integrations with Teams. Um, you know, now through your integration, you can create this team for a legal matter. You can bring the conversation to the experts and the people most qualified to drive those tasks to completion. Um, if I'm living in teams or if I'm living in Clio, it doesn't matter. We bring, you know, we're kind of coming to you. So, um, you know, it, 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 it also, you know, of course, being in teams gives you access to all those other tools and services that attorneys are using, um, document workspaces and word, Excel and PowerPoint and all the tools that you need. You know, we even see, um, some, you know, people creating their own apps and teams. We have, low code or no code tools for them to um, automate some of their workflows. Um, and then they can publish those to just that team or to that organization. Um, and so that's exciting too, because those are basically, um, again, like I say, really rounding out the edges of what the, the core platform is extensible to, but doesn't provide out of the box. And a, a core piece of these integrations as well is eliminating duplicate data entry. You don't need to set up uh, a group in Microsoft Teams and a group in Clio or a, a user in both systems. You've got this unified 
view of who the people in your organization are. You've got, if you create a matter in Clio, you can automatically create the, the matching channel in Microsoft Teams that allows you to have this, this more dynamic discussion about what's going on with the matter through the, through the workday. You talked about low code and no code tools. And I think that's a really interesting concept, but one that's probably new for many of our listeners. Can you briefly touch on what you mean by that and, and what some of the tools that Microsoft provides uh, to support that kind of work? Yeah, there's a whole group of tools from Microsoft uh, called Power Automate. And um, you can think of these as kind of like um, stringing little tasks together. So let's say you had a common workflow, like um, in order for me to um, negotiate with a partner, I need to get sign off from three stakeholders and there's somebody in accounting or finance or there's, there's two or three people that are involved. Um, you could actually um, essentially initiate those workflows uh, with our tools, but you know, once you've done it once, like how, how do I make this so that anybody could go use this? How can I publish this workflow? Um, so that's really what, what, what I'm talking about with these low-code or no-code solutions for those everyday workflows. If there are things that you're doing over and over and over and you realize, um, well, there should be an easier way. Likely there's a, a, a no-code or a low-code way you can do that with Power Automate where there's uh, events that trigger particular types of um, you know, communications that be, can be sent. Um, you can, of course, use the power of teams and channels and teams to kind of target those at specific people. Um, you can also set thresholds and, and um, it really builds on itself. So the more that you're willing to invest time into thinking about those workflows, um, the more powerful they can become. But yeah, we've tried to make that as simple po as possible. Uh, for pretty much anybody. And there's a ton of documentation and samples online too. If you want to just try them out, you can download a sample, sort of customize it for your own organization, try it with a couple of people. And before you know it, you'll be creating your own workflows. It's really kind of fun. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, especially relevant for, for law firms that are often tackling the same kind of matters and the same kind of checklist or workflow that needs to be worked through. So being able to encode that uh, and, and make it a repeatable process can help make uh, a law firm a whole lot more efficient. And, you know, maybe on the note of helping law firms collaborate, help them operate more efficiently. Uh, can you give me the high level perspective from your, uh, from your vantage point, Stephen, on what you think the opportunity is for technology to really transform the, the legal industry and what kinds of opportunities you see for, uh, law firms maybe even improving access to justice through the, the adoption of technology? Oh, I mean, really so much. I mean, I think, again, um, moving to a, a paperless world, uh, I think from the standpoint of, um, you know, um, creating more equity in the justice system by essentially giving tools for, attorneys to depose, you know, incarcerated, you know, people sooner. Um, there's so many opportunities, I think, with technology right now um, that are, that are, you know, people are, you know, like um, people have already thought through, have been talking about for years, but now it's kind of like when we need those solutions the most. So, um, you know, certainly we see with remote work, people are spending a lot more time in video calls or a lot more comfortable doing uh, virtual consults. Um, we need to give people time to be more efficient and focus time and break time between the meetings. So I think there's, there's um, you know, how do you orchestrate all of that? How do you think about um, the scenarios where before you had to invite two people to your brick and mortar or office, but now you can, essentially create a, a virtual room for us all to get together um, and decide on something and move forward. Um, you know, we're working with partners to imagine a lot of the potential use cases here. Um, we, we, you know, we think about what are the needs before, during, after, you know, kind of these events. Um, 
remote work definitely means that you and I have to collaborate better, right? We have to be able to bring in people who are often on other platforms. So, you know, like the, the technology, we're, we're all going to continue to move our own technologies forward. We need to be able to um, uh, interop with different platforms. We need to be able to, um, you know, leverage the fact that people are in other time zones to get work done by the time we are ready to work on something ourselves in the morning. Um, and, and the tools are starting to do that. Um, definitely access to information, uh, managing the permissions on that information, um, you know, doing the things that help the business operate more efficiently. Those are the, you know, those are the things that we as a platform think are critical because people have been spending way too much time thinking about the permissions on objects. People have been thinking way too much time about where something is being stored and it takes away from their ability to really be better at their jobs, frankly. Um, and I just want to know that I'm having a secure conversation and the right people are hearing, they're getting the data that's coming from me. I don't really need to worry about um, all that other stuff. Um, so, you know, right. That, that's that's what I would say. I mean, the thing that I love about my job is helping companies think about those sort of next generation scenarios for their industry. Um, you know, that could be how like a buy and sell trader are interacting, you know, on, you know, like a more modern supply and demand marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, it could be how like a, uh, you know, like a, a solo practitioner lawyer um, can quickly scale up a team of paralegals, other counsel, because they just got off a phone with a client who's got an amazing case, but they need, you know, to create this virtual team very quickly and, and essentially swarm on this issue. Um, you know, that's, those, those are the really exciting things that we see, the, all of the technology, not just teams, not just office, but really folks like yourselves working on. And, um, you know, we know, uh, teams can help people remain connected and we know people can, you know, use it, you know, when they can't get to the office, but it's, it's really about, you know, like, I think in this, as we move forward, you know, like people are not just going to go back to the way things were before. They're going to expect um, no. the speed of business to move a lot faster now at some level because you can never really ever go back. Right. <laughs> That's right. And Maybe on that note, Stephen, I, I'm curious to to conclude, and I've, I've really enjoyed our our conversation. Uh, one of the things we've talked about at Clio is with a COVID-19 crisis and, and the way it really transformed the world uh, over the course of just a, a period of a few weeks. We, we, we fed our 2020 roadmap into the shredder and kind of rethought what uh, what we needed to be delivering to our customers, what kind of value we needed to be delivering to our customers that are operating in this in this new normal, and and the Microsoft Teams integration was one of those roadmap items that we we pulled well ahead of where it was on our, our roadmap prior to COVID nineteen. And I'm I'm curious what your perspective is uh, as it relates to the Microsoft Teams roadmap. Have you do you look at the 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 Teams roadmap and the needs you need to be addressing in a new way uh, given the, the COVID-19 situation um, and, and maybe do you have a, a broadened and expanded view of how teams might get embraced in the, the average workplace given the, the new reality we're operating in? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, my day is my calendar. If you look at my calendar, every, every meeting begins with um, virtual this, virtual that, you know, and um the nature of working at a place like Microsoft is that um, an idea can come from anywhere. It can come from, you know, um, a sales field person in, you know, um, Italy that's looking for, you, you know, that knows that, you know, they've got uh, what a hundred days left until back to school hits and that students are going to be um, all logging into teams and they've got to deploy new software and they've got to figure out, you know, kind of like, how they're going to bring courseware and content all into one place to bear for the, for, right. and um, so, you know, like our roadmap really, um, I think got a lot condensed uh, and much more tactical in terms of what, you know, like what are the segments of customers that are going to be impacted the soonest. And, you know, um, we, 
you know, initially uh, we started looking at things like, well, how do we keep track of the inventory of ventilators? That was early on in COVID. And we knew that mm -hmm. there was a limitation number of ventilators. Then it became, you know, in, in education is like, how do you help educators have uh, a decent remaining left of this year? You know, students are at home, you know, like 30 to 40% of them aren't tuning in. How do you engage them, not just in a meeting, but, you know, in a whole pedagogical set of stuff that you want them to do, right? And so now, you know, some of that is looking out, you know, three months, six months, a little bit, but it's still very near term. And what we're, you know, like the, the, the we are very, very customer led in terms of our roadmap. So, you know, customers are asking for different things that they can do on meetings, different ways they can access the data that comes out of meetings more programmatically through their apps. Um, you know, in, it, you know, oftentimes with virtual consults, there's a whole notion of, qualifying the client before they're even in the consult with you. So like, yep. what are some of the things that we can do before, during and after, right? And, um, you know, I'm very excited about the technology. There's, you know, like I, I, I know you've had on many people to talk about AI and legal and, and, and those things will really very nicely, seamlessly integrate into teams over time as well so that we can have a conversation and, and, you know, AI in the right places will be used. Right. And, I think the, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about just kind of the value people are getting out of the conversations that are happening in teams and the notion that you and I can almost use it as a, a creative surface, a place where we can come together, um, brainstorm ideas, come up with creative solutions, and then move those into even more structured working environments where now you have a set of things and I have a set of things we're going to go off and develop on top of those, you know, high level you know, framework that we developed here. So yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting next three to six months. It's certainly um, not, not what we expected, but very, um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm personally, uh, you know, excited every day to get out of bed and think about how we're helping our partners um, maximize um, the opportunity of, of, of having a integration side of team more than we can do. Um, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm excited and invigorated by the, the opportunity and this, this opportunity to create the, the future that has just arrived a bit earlier than it, it might have otherwise. And uh, I'm excited to see both where the Microsoft team product goes over the coming months and, and where our integration uh, between Clio and Microsoft teams heads as well. So um, and I, I guess a call to action for any mutual customers that are listening to this. Uh, do reach out to us because we're listening and, and both of our organizations are customer led and and we're listening to any feedback you might have about what you'd like to see next as well. So um, thanks so much for joining us today, Stephen. Really enjoyed our conversation and uh, look yeah, forward I mean, it's to- been a, It's been a real privilege to work with you and your team and, and uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Bolin, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider for supporting this podcast. 